This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. And welcome into another episode of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. As always, I'm Brandon Spinner alongside my partner in crime, Michael Burns. Mikey, just less than a week from Christmas. How you doing, dude? I'm doing all right. I've had quite an eventful week. I had yeah, yeah. shoulder surgery, shoulder sur- shoulder surgery less than a week ago, last Wednesday. Uh, very elective, just so I could play continue pitching in my adult league baseball. So I've been uh, under the weather. Of course, I have that, and then I I get something from my kids that bring sickness home from daycare. Yeah. So that on top of that, I, this is going to be my first pour and over. Uh, at least 10 days maybe so wow i'm excited tonight to get to a bourbon review yeah wow we'll get to that uh a little early on how's everybody else doing you're feeling better what do you you want to talk about what kind of shoulder surgery you had you said it was elective do you what did they do yeah so three years ago i had a giant bone spur because i I pitched uh all my life even then even after uh, competitively, I got into adult leagues and I had a giant bone spur in my shoulder that eventually with that, just putting a t-shirt on was tearing at and causing sharp pain. Um, so in 2020, I had that surgery to remove the bone spur. So actual mechanical mm-hmm. work. And then COVID shut me down that year. And so I stopped stretching. I stopped throwing as I would just go on with my life. Well, I wasn't going to play that year. So I stopped. And I think with some of that, and I don't, I don't think it was all caused from that, but scar tissue started forming up mm. a lot and limited my mobility in my shoulder, um, which limited my range of motion. I still had good range of motion, but not the best. Yeah. And so the doctor thought, he thought that there was scar tissue in there enough that if we went and cleaned it up, I would get back my, my, my back muscles would relax. Because this past year, I was only able to pitch three times maybe four times because i had back spasms um from that scar tissue pulling at Mm -hmm. my back muscles and tightening it up too much so i'm excited to get get this healing uh yeah man the stretches the stretches uh really uh do a number on me i was (laughs) nauseous after doing them two nights ago i don't know if i pushed too hard or what but i'm excited to get into the summer get prepped and have a healthy uh season of adult league baseball yeah let's get it let's get it well hopefully that recovery goes quick uh happy you're a little healthier to at least have some bourbon with me uh as you mentioned (laughs) it's been a while uh this is episode 13 the last couple episodes we're here in the christmas season it's hanukkah right now as well uh so happy hanukkah to all of those listeners who celebrate that holiday uh as far as the christmas holiday which is what you and i celebrate we talked a couple of times about music, about movies, as well as um, traditions. Is there a Christmas gift this time? That's your favorite Christmas gift growing up or as you've gotten older. Uh, is there one that stands out the most? Um, I can't think of like a childhood one that stands out the most. Um, I remember in our house in chicago we had a basement that we rode bikes in in the winter yeah that was big enough to ride bikes in um so i, I remember maybe getting a, a big wheel or something mm-hmm. I, I can remember getting a big being excited about that um i think in 2000 
15, the first Christmas married, Angie, my wife, got me a six foot by four foot fat head of Chris Bryant. <laughs> so it wasn't just Chris Bryant standing there. It was like a a, a big giant poster fat head, though. Yeah. On the um, wall, Chris like Bryant. of his cutout. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had yeah. a Dan Marino one growing up. So I know exactly what you're uh, talking about. Yeah, so uh, that was pretty awesome because we uh, had just gotten married, just moved, you know, mm-hmm. got in our house, and I did have a Cubs room, um, and so that there was a giant wall that that thing fit perfectly on, and just for her to have bought something like that, so so committal, committing that that yeah. room is now a Cubs room, you know, yeah. of course with all the other everything else, <laughs> but. I still remember that. That was pretty cool. Nice. Uh, if I had to pick, man, the one that jumps out the most was I was a huge Power Rangers fan. Like, huge. Like, that's what the 90s were for me. And I got one of the Megazords. There was a tortoise one. And that's the one that jumps out the most to me. And like, the best Christmas gift. Um, or a Lego pirate ship, which I got when I was pretty young as well. But uh, now that turtle Power Ranger was that the one where the regular Megazord went into it and it combined? I think so. It, yeah, right? yeah. It was huge. Oh, it was the tortoise. It was huge, and it had to fit another Megazord in it. Yeah, and then there were like pieces that went on top of it too. It was just, it was badass. But uh, yeah. especially for a six or seven year old who loved the, the Power Rangers. But uh, that's probably the best gift. Uh, I got a snowboard growing up, but. It's probably the best. I like to give gifts. I do love yeah. receiving gifts, but I also love to give gifts as well. So uh, it's harder now because, and I see this a lot. Like it's a it's a little stipulation, but like, hey, you know, men are 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 a little hard to shop for because when we want something, we buy it. Yeah. <laughs> but like right now, men work. You know, they work, and they now they just husbands and fathers love to just sit and see you guys enjoy your christmas that maybe they just want to spend time you know yeah for sure so but i think as bourbon and baseball fans it's really easy to shop for us very very easy and if you've got a bourbon and baseball lover and they like stickers we've got stickers (laughs) (laughs) so uh, i don't know if they'd make it there for christmas and we're already into hanukkah but uh, if you want some stickers reach out i've already had a couple people ask me about them and i gave a couple out this past weekend while i was home uh, i haven't done some listener shout outs in a while uh, i want to shout out someone in germany uh we've got someone a, a listener in, Ger- in Hesse, germany don't know who you someone. are but uh thank you for listening i only know that because of our statistics and the data coming into our uh, podcast platform i think i bet they found us on episode nine nine <laughs> Well, they've listened, they're 2% of our listens, so maybe it's a pair of people, maybe it's a couple of people, but uh, 2% of our listenership is in Germany, so thank That's you awesome. to, uh, to those of you listening over in Germany. A big shout out Ruth to you. Morgan, Reach right? out to us on uh, Instagram, uh, whether that's WXSpinner89, uh, Whiskey underscore Weather, BNB underscore Burns, or Barrels and Barrels Pod. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you, know your name, get to know you. As far as another shout-out, I want to shout-out to Mama Voss, Marie Voss, my best friend growing up, uh, Dan. That's his mom out in the suburbs of Chicago. And then uh, another shout-out to a couple people who got some stickers this past weekend. I went out to dinner and grabbed some drinks at a pretty good bar in Chicago area, the suburbs, with um, yeah, like Alex, 
with Alex and Aaron, uh, which are the Bourbon Rebellion and at 630 Whiskey on Instagram. So a big shout out to them. Great time. Great to meet them in person. We've talked quite a bit via Instagram uh, DMs, but uh, it was cool to put faces to names and just like chill out and talk bourbon, talk just life and uh, get to know each other. So big shout out to them. Speaking of shout outs, we gave a couple out the last couple of weeks. We've had some reviews. We've got 11 reviews on Apple Podcasts. I know we've got a couple on Spotify, uh, at least five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. We've got five of them or ratings, I guess is what you would call it. We've got three reviews. So this is a call to you to please just review us. You're listening to this episode, whether that's on Spotify or Apple Scroll all the way to the bottom on Apple, and you can hit the five star and then type out a little bit of a note to tell us what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, or if there's something. I love something. Brandon's hats. They make, they're just so much fun. That's, that's what we want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Or uh, I love when Mikey just shakes his <laughs> head at Brandon, or <laughs> I love it when Brandon calls him Mikey because Mikey loves when he calls Mikey. Um, love it. Love, love it. it. But uh, no one in my life has ever called him Mikey. <laughs> Well, I got to mix it up. I got to keep it different. Uh, so please review us, Apple or Spotify. You can also find us on Amazon. Not too many listeners there yet, but hey, it's a growing platform. We'll see. But hey, 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 hey. And if you want to leave us a review or just follow us, you can find us on Instagram at Barrels N Barrels Pod. Again, that is Barrels, the letter N, Barrels Pod. Bourbon and Baseball Podcast, episode 13. And if you're one of the longtime listeners that we've already had or watchers which you can watch on youtube at uh, barrels and barrels pod but uh this is the bourbon portion of the bourbon and baseball podcast this week we're going to be going with one of those seasonal releases uh comes out here the last couple of years into the fall uh, or at least this is when i saw this one um yeah this but, one was late yeah uh i got this in mid-november over at the kroger um i'm gonna thank you for not calling it kroger's yeah, yeah thank you uh, but it's the Jules if you go to Chicago. The <laughs> Jules. Jules. No. It's at the at the Jules at the Jules Asco uh, out there. Uh, and go get some pop. Uh, some <laughs> that's co- coffee sh- cake. Uh, ooh, Jules Asco's got coffee something. cake and good stuff. No, man. no, not Intamin's. The Jules Asco brand. The home. The one making the bakery there. Uh, no, he go Intamin's. Actually, you gotta no, get. A, you oh. can get Indomints right here in Alabama. Yeah, you gotta get a Kringle if you're in the the Wisconsin Illinois area. All right, no. let's get back to the bourbon part. This one is uh, the Maker's Mark BRT Dash Zero Two. So this is their seasonal release over from Maker's Mark. This is part of that wood finishing series, and uh, I think this is year five they've been doing this uh, limited release. Um, this is 2022 second edition BRT02. I'm not going to go with the tasting notes yet because uh, I don't want you to be spoiled. Uh, I've already tried this. If you're looking on YouTube, Michael, I sent you one sample and I've had a couple of pours myself, had a couple of pulls myself. So the bottle's about <laughs> a third of the way gone. I opened this when I sent you the sample a week and a half ago. So uh, that's just telling you how much I like it so far. Uh, yeah, BRT02. I've heard good things. Comes in at 109.4 proof, uh, stave details, 10 virgin oak toasted French oak staves. So uh, that's pretty much it when it comes to the wood finishing series. So BRT stands for uh, uh, barrel rotation. So that's what the BRT is going to stand for. They did something different with this year's releases. Um, 
2002, we've created hand uh, created expressions inspired by our unique history of barrel rotation. Hand rotating 200,000 barrels a year is key to both our DNA and our consistent whiskey. So that's why it gets the BRT02. Last year it was FAE. Uh, and uh, this is a chance to push the flavor boundaries of our classic bourbon in truly pri- pioneering ways. So uh, the rest of the text tells you about what you're going to find within the bourbon itself. Couldn't find an age statement on this, um, but I did see that the MSRP is $59.99, so it's not one of those that's going to break or bust your budget, but it's not not inexpensive. I would say it's right into that mid-tier, right? But but the problem, though, is is they would put, gave out two, again, this this release. They did BRT2 and BRT1. So you have to buy both of them, right? Right. Yeah, well, and did, it says did, in the release they did two last year and that they are made to be, one. and they, it says they are made to be paired together. So uh, they're trying to get you to buy both. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you what, I, I think you're going to enjoy this one. Um, limited number of bottles. I don't know how many were out there. Uh, have you poured yours yet? Have you cracked it open I've yet? I've poured it. I haven't sniffed it. I have. I've tried twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. I never tried nineteen. I held on to nineteen and never opened it, and now I have one of each unopened. Of course. <laughs> Michael's trying to be I, the maker's mark collector. I should have bought another one for you and sent it to you as a present. <laughs> Speaking, I'm of thinking the I'll find g- it. I think everyone held it. All the stores held it for their December releases. Could be. Could be. Ooh. Uh, yeah, the nose. So I had some of this yesterday. Shout out wow. shower shower pour. Have uh, <laughs> you ever had a shower pour before? Honestly, it's like a shower beer, but it's, a shower pour. <laughs> it's very so, complex on the nose right away. I have two distinct thoughts on the nose. Um, wow. First thing I get, man, is like a chocolate-covered raisin. That is my thought right I off the bat. That. I can get that. This reminds me of uh, the pops in my head, Barrel Vantage. This has a Barrel Vantage nose. Complex. I, 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 get, I can't like hit like one flavor. So breaking down the fourth wall, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you'll actually get to see the notes, but... Uh, uh, you're going to just hear the crinkling on the microphone. Yesterday, I wrote my notes down on a paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> paper bag? Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't want, whenever we do this one, I want to have my notes down already. But um, so for the nose, I get chocolate raisin and then like a brown sugar. Like I was sitting yeah. here trying to figure it out. It's almost like a mapley brown sugar, but it's more of the brown sugar of it to me, um, which we're in the season of baking. So. I, I, this is a very good seasonal pour in my mind. So it's very, very complex. I get, I mean, it's not like I said, one flavor. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's layered. You know, mm-hmm. like sh- ogres like, have layers. Onions <laughs> have layers. Well, Shrek, donkeys don't have layers. <laughs> so BRT so the, two is all about the final years of reaction at the bottom. Uh, where it's cooler year-round. So this was, um, so BRT1 tells you the first three years of extraction at the top of the warehouse, which experiences larger temperature swings, while BRT2 
or zero to is all about the final years of retraction at the bottom where it's cooler year round. So um, what I love about this is it does have that weather relation to it being the meteorologist that I am. So this is all from the bottom where it's cooler and the temperature swings aren't going to be as drastic as you would get, especially as we're heading into this week, man. Everybody's buying all the bread and milk. Uh, have you seen what's going to happen in milk. northern Indiana in northeast I Chicago, have. like northeast Illinois? No, Potential for a not. foot to two feet of snow, like northwest Indiana. Feet? Northwest Indiana is potentially going to see like thirty-six inches. So, oh from the lake effect, gosh. but uh, yeah. Uh, That's why I'm moved to Alabama. <laughs> Tired uh, of that mess. Have you taken a sip of this yet? No, I'm, I'm excited though. I'll go in if you want to. Yeah. So, what, what color you see? Yeah. So it's not quite as dark. Um, as some of our previous pours, but I wouldn't call it clear. It's got that amber f- tint to it. Uh, I would call it like a, a golden honey um, color, maybe. Uh, but it's, it's pretty good. You say honey, that's what I get right away. This this is probably the first maker's year release. Mm-hmm. I don't. This doesn't taste like this does not taste like makers right away. No, it, I didn't think so either. Uh, for my this is fantastic yeah i've uh that's my word <laughs> <laughs> no you your word is b-e-a-u beautiful i've noticed going back and listening that like i constantly say oh it's fantastic it's fantastic so i'm gonna backpedal on that one and say that this is very good uh <laughs> so you said you got honey on of it right right as it hits that first coating of the mouth i got honey um right into honey caramel Mm-hmm. Very sweet. What about you? Did you coat? Is that a first sip there? No, that's a third sip. <laughs> Man, this is a very easy to drink pour in my mind. So my palate, I got a smooth chocolate. It's not like a milk chocolate. It's not a dark chocolate. It's just like very chocolatey. Semi- with semi-sweet? <laughs> semi-sweet morsels. <laughs> uh, um, I've got sweet oak, but also I have written down honey. And caramel. So you and I are on the same page on this one. Um, I got a very strong honey and caramel the second sip last night and just got it again tonight. Um, Very good. Uh, The finish is smooth. I I know we're not. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, usually I do half and half, but. uh, (laughs) You're dumping it. Uh, Let's go. But. So you were going yeah. with your that you got palate to the finish now. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say the finish is good too. It's, <clears throat> I wouldn't say the viscosity on this is thin. It's not, but it's not the the like it doesn't expand in volume like we had a couple of weeks ago. What was that? Um, no, I'm forgetting. We do so many of these. Already. The Heaven Hill. Uh no, I don't think it was the Heaven Hill. Uh hard truth, I think. Maybe. Yeah, but. this is so. This I mean, even my my third sip there is changing for me. Now I get um, I don't, I, Shrek just popped my mind. I don't get onion. Oh, got me with. I'm getting fruit. I'm getting now fruit on the middle of my palate there, and the finish it lingers out more into a. It's not a heavy oak, but there is an oak mm. essence there. That's really where um, you get the biggest oak. There's some sweet oak at 
up front, but like you get that oaky burn and not even much of a burn. There's a, there's some fire on the back end of it. It's a 109, but I wouldn't, this, this is not sip like a 109. Do not drink hot. Nope. No. Uh, which is very dangerous. Um, so. Yeah, look at that. From front to back. some of that. Yeah. What's on your glass? What's your sniffer say there? Uh, it's in Huntsville Bourbon Aficionados. It's oh, yeah, snifter. one of those ones. Yeah. Um, That's what I have, too. That was what uh, we probably bought at the same time. I don't even know if we knew each other at the time. Uh, we may have. I think we did. Um, but uh, you've got the Glen. I've got the Snifter. But it's got a, uh, a, a barrel with... Uh, uh, it's shaped like a rocket ship, kind of, because it's the yeah, rocket city. Yeah, it's a rocket city. ship barrel. Mm-hmm. So, Michael Burns, what do you rate this? What do you review this on our uh, Barrels and Barrels Bourbon and Baseball podcast rating system? So, Brandon, I want to give this guy an all-star. This is fantastic on all levels for me. I think it's a great proof. Um I think it's a good flavor. It's got enough oak to taste like a bourbon, kind of, even though it's, is it is it bourbon or is it just whiskey? It says Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey barrel finished with 10 virgin oak staves. So this, yeah, this is, this is, I think, my first all-star right here that we've done. Um, it's got many layers. The fruit isn't over, it's not overly sweet. It's not overly oaky. It doesn't burn. It's not too syrupy. This is a great flavor. And don't know if maybe if it's the you know if it's the sickness but this thing is powering through whatever sinus congestion that i've got going on and this flavor is great i love this one you've mentioned it's multi-layered but i think it's consistent right you get right. you get this you get the nose of the chocolate i got brown sugar and but more of like i just think raise chocolate raisin that was the first thing that's the only fruit that i get out of this there is some part of the palate that i could try to search for the fruit but um from front to back this is excellent in every way from the nose to the palate mm-hmm. and then into the finish and i'm also going to give this an all-star uh, because high five let's go yes yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, this is one of the better pours that I've had this year, if not one of the best. Um, if I were to make a quick list, this would probably make my top five so far this year uh, of things that I've drank. Um, very good. Um, and for those of you who are new to the podcast or you're trying to wonder, what are you talking about rating scale-wise? <clears throat> we have a five-tier rating scale going from uh, the, uh, uh, my blank, Hall of Fame. <laughs> to the, the Hall of Fame. Bring him the to the whole thing. Uh, and then All Star. Oh, we're just, you know what? We can start playing audio, like the songs. I think we can play seven second chunks without getting a copyright lawsuit. But uh, the Hall of Fame song. Hey, you're ready, folks. You're an All Star. Um, and I'm sure there's just an every day, and then there's got to be a bench. But that's our tiers. If you're still listening with us, we go from Hall of Fame at the top, uh, then it goes down to All Star, which is the second best rating going into third every day fourth is bench and then dead last is designated for assignment called a dfa which we have yet to rank this was michael's first all-star this is my second all-star uh, so oh, yeah, far this yeah. year what did you have what was your first all-star oh the king ranch oh, the king ranch um 
which I thought was very good. And I think you may have been paper cupped away from <laughs> going to uh, to the All Star. I benched because I think I benched it. Didn't I? Think I? you did bench it. Yeah, that was, I but. mean, I, I the first time I tried Stag Junior was out of a solo cup, and I was like, I, it was still good, but I couldn't. Appre- you can't appreciate it mm-hmm. unless, my opinion, the glass makes the difference. Glass does make the difference, um, which is why you always should have some sort of glass whiskey glass of some sort or uh i think it can be okay with a plastic cup that's like one of those hard plastics not the uh flimsy plastic that's what i was drinking out at my mom's house this past weekend was uh like a hard plastic cup so i bought a glen karen from malloy's liquors out in glen ellen because i was like mom i need a cup here or a glass here mom? so mom mom <laughs> yeah that so. popped out right real hard right there mom mom <laughs> we're chicago I uh, had one of my my mom works at a hair salon. My mom owns a hair salon, and uh, one of the. That's why uh, Brian has such great hair. Yeah, from what's left of it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just got a haircut today. I got a haircut while I was home. Went, and you can only see daughter. this. This is exclusive YouTube content. <laughs> yeah. Michael's give me and Brandon's haircuts. Like uh, give our give our haircuts a rating. Uh, send us a message <laughs> and give us a rating out of ten or. Our, our bourbon scale. Is this a all-star haircut or is this a uh, bench? Please don't tell me it's a DFA. I mean, I go to, I went to Great Clips today, you know. Oh, no. Great Clips. It's, I, I can't commit to an appointment. I don't know why. I can't commit to a haircut appointment, but that's kind of like a walk checks out when it comes to a recording schedule, too. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you can do the app where you check in. You got, it tells you how long you wait. And you go and you walk in. So, it's kind of like an appointment. But it's kind of like a walk-in. I don't have to. I don't have to sit there. So mm-hmm. that's that's why I go there. But also, I don't. You know, have special. I'm not. I'm not have special hair like you do or nothing. I just do a little, <laughs> so, a little something, something. Yeah. And that's it. I don't have a routine in the morning. Uh, I do. I do have a hair routine. I use a hair dryer and uh, all of that jazz. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. So I had to grab a glass while I was back home. But we were drinking out of our Huntsville bourbon aficionados glass. And this week's whiskey or bourbon was Maker's Mark Wood Finishing Series Limited Release 2022. It was the BRT02. So a little more on the bottle because I didn't want to give that away to you. You have no idea what the notes are, right, coming into this. Uh, So you'll find darker, heavier characteristics with this one with some fruit and chocolate. The tasting notes on front say a dark expression filled with notes of fruit, nut, and chocolate. So I think I didn't pull much of the the nuttiness out of that, but uh, everything else. not dickly at all. No. (laughs) You got a lot of (laughs) nut with your dickle. Is yes. that what you normally pull out? <laughs> That's what everyone complained about the, I think, 2018 bottle and bond or 2019. Because the, the, the 18 or I think it was the 17 was everyone raved about bottle and bond dickle. Mm-hmm. And then the next year came out right away and folks were like, this one sucks. It's too peanutty. That's what it's like. Well, so I did not get any nut out of this, but uh, hey, maybe you can nut. You can get a nut out of it. I don't know. <laughs> Teach we'll, around. We'll but see, we'll see what this sample can do. And we might have to put an explicit rating on this episode. <laughs> uh, but so you heard it. Uh, All star rating. We do not give those out much. In fact, there have been three total out of the I don't know twenty twenty ratings we've done so far this year. Yeah, and that's a three combined. So this this year in our three and a half months, three and three ish, three and a half months. 
Is it even that much? I think it's two, two and a half, right? No, it is three. It's just about it's three. About, it's three-ish. It's just, just about three. three. So a quarter of a year. We are uh, not alcoholics. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so the uh, that's the bourbon review portion of this, but as I'm far still drinking that, but yeah, well, it's great. Um, going with the uh, the All Star. So if you get a chance, go buy this. Fifty nine ninety nine. I got this at my local Kroger's. No, <laughs> I said it just for you, Michael. No, local Kroger Dang. here in uh, Florence, Alabama. <clears throat> uh, very good stuff. I would very much recommend this. Uh, if you get a chance to do that, go check it out. So, uh, we are transitioning to baseball here in a second. I skipped right over my note. Uh, did you see what was posted on Instagram today? I think I sent it to you. I, I did, but I wonder if the weather is going to really affect it. Um, I don't think it's affecting if, if it at all. The travelers. <laughs> I don't no. think it's affecting it at all. I was planning on making the trip. So, what we're talking about is Old Fitz, a 19-year. And there's rumors that this is going to be the final Old Fitz. Um, from Heaven Hill, which is why I think a lot of people are there. I've heard two different rumors about it here in the last three you days. You said people are there, like they're there already. Dude. I wouldn't I, doubt it. 91 people in line as of 8.15 p.m. this evening. Oh, my gosh. And it's freezing out there. Yeah, it's kind of cold. It's cold for Kentuckians, that's for sure. I was planning on going at 4 a.m., and I don't know if I'm going to make that two-hour drive from here because uh, Old Fitz is like my unicorn. Um, yeah, it is. So, and I'm almost, the bottle I have here is about gone. So. What what year is that one? This is the eight. So this one and that just released the... was a 19. Um, so, yeah. So it, you're listening to this. It's already been dropped and released. So we're not helping you out on that front. But uh, it was released by the distillery today that they're going to be dropping an X amount of bottles on... Uh, Wednesday morning at uh, December 21st. December 21st at 9 a.m. I may or may not be part of that line. We'll see how I'm feeling when we get done hey, with good, this. But, yeah, uh, good luck to you, man. 91 people as of 8.15. I have no idea how many bottles they have. They probably have like 150 would be my max bet, and I'm guessing I'm not going to make it there by that point. Um, so we'll see. That's tough. But, uh, yeah, well, that's 19 what's... 19-year. <laughs> yeah, that, sure. that, would, that would be great for you. Yeah, well, I know Old Fitz is your... Well, that yeah, so we, that's we opened that one together. Mm-hmm. So I've got two trivia questions for you this week, Michael. Hopefully, you can get Bring one it. of them. Bring uh, it. The second one might be a little tougher. They are this era, so hold on. Uh, let me get Google up real quick. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't uh, need it. After Dansby Swanson was selected with the Diamondbacks' first pick in the 2015 MLB draft, do you know who was picked second overall in that draft in 2015? 2015? That's of note because Dansby Swanson just got signed by the Cubs, and we'll talk more about that signing here in a minute. But Dansby Swanson was selected number one overall by the Diamondbacks. He never played for the Diamondbacks. He was traded by Tony La Russa to the uh, the Braves for Shelby Miller. Shelby Miller. Uh, but who was drafted immediately after in 2015? Carlos Correa to the uh, Minnesota to the Houston Astros. It was a Houston Astros player, but it wasn't Correa. Correa, I believe, was 2014 uh, or maybe 2013. But Dansby Swanson, so, number one. Alex Bregman, number two from LSU. Uh, uh, the second one. It was, it was Buxton and then Correa in 14. I thought Correa went number one and then. Bryant 
That was the Brian Traff, wasn't it? No, Brian Traff was Mark the... Mark Appel uh, went Appel, number one. Brian then, went number two and third. Then John Gray. Okay. So, yes, it was Buxton. Uh, that was the Schwarber draft then in 14 with uh, Schwarber yeah. going fourth. So, next trivia question. So, Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon are now on the same team with Rodon going to the Yankees. They both struck out more than 200 batters in 2022. Do you know who the last pair of Yankees pitchers to strike out 200 in the same season was? I'm going to go with Andy Pettit and Roger Clemens. He got one of the two, correct? It was in 2001, Mike Mussina and Roger Clemens. Oh. Uh, 214 for Mucina, 213 for Clemens. So I wonder if Clemens got It's funny. Clemens. I was more confident on, on Andy Pettit <laughs> and than I was. I didn't think Clemens was on the Yankees yet at that point. It was uh, 2001, right? So that was the yeah. uh, Diamondbacks World Series year, uh, I believe. But those are my two. I could have chosen another one, but you would have gotten that one very easily because it was who's the 2015 Rookie of the Year. But... Uh, <laughs> And if you don't get that, I don't know who. How was that connected, though? Where does that come from? Uh, Noah Syndergaard was the third runner-up, I believe, that year, or something like that. But uh, speaking who was number of, two, Bryant Peterson. I think Jock. Syndergaard? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Young, young Jock. Yeah, yeah. Jock yeah. had a great first half. I think he hit then, thirty home runs that year, didn't he? Yeah, he, but he hit like tw- he hit twenty in the first half, yeah. and, and then, then only just, ten ooh. in the second half. Yeah. Um, so that jumps us right into the baseball portion. There's been a ton of action since we last recorded. We last recorded last Monday, but a lot of that has been squeezed into the last four days or so, really starting on Thursday or Friday. Uh, Carlos Correa, of course, signed last week, but there's some controversy or controversy behind that as the San Francisco Giants may be backpedaling a little bit. Uh, but he reportedly signed a 13-year, $350 million deal. Uh, agreed to sign. Yeah, agreed to sign. I guess we can sign. put it that way at this point. Because right now they they canceled the press conference today. So, so what I'm seeing on Twitter, there's some people who are like, oh, maybe he just has COVID. But then I, I am seeing reports that there are concerns with Correa's physical that had them back up. Who knows? I haven't seen anything official on that front have you seen anything quite official report wise besides not other than the uh, talking baseball post that i saw earlier today but um yeah that's a cause of concern um because correa has struggled with injury whether it's been his his hand his back hmm. his i think the, i forget the third injury but yeah, he has he, not been very durable and he has he didn't durable. have a he didn't have a great year after his injury earlier this year, too. So uh, I wonder if it was a lingering issue or something along those lines. But that was the biggest fish to fall. Uh, and then shortly after that, as we already mentioned, Carlos Rodon goes to the Yankees for six years, $162 million. Uh, that is an average annual value of $27 million per year. Uh, not a terrible deal. If you think about it, though, it's close to what DeGrom got. He got five and one eighty-five. So this is a year longer and about twenty million dollars less for would you call it the third best arm on the market, right? Between him and, Berl- and Berlander, Degrom, and then Rodon. But so, he he was the first lefty. Yeah. So he's the number one lefty on the market. Really, one of the only lefties that was on the market. There was another one who signed Sean Manea, Also went to the um, 
the Giants on a uh, two-year, $25 million deal, which I think could be a sneaky one. Until he went to San Diego, he was a pretty decent pitcher. Then he got hurt for the athletics midway through, I think it was 2021. He threw no-hitter in 2019, I think. Maybe that was the year he got hurt, and he hasn't been able to put it back together. But he was a stud pitcher drafted by the Royals, um, thinking the top 10 in one of the mid-2000 drafts. So. Uh, was he at... Do you know the trade he went over for? Royals to athletics? I can't put... Uh, right now, right... Billy Butler part of that deal? That sounds right, because Billy Butler... So the San oh that's San Diego one. That's the wrong trade. Um A that's still Padres acquire, Padres acquire, A's trade. Um so it's kinda like almost uh is it a San Diego thing? Because Mike Clevenger, of course, he didn't even pitch a single pitch for the Padres. Oh wow. Before uh, it he was got the hurt. it was the Ben Zobers trade. 2015 from the from, from the, the A's to the Royals to the Royals because Benny was with the o- Oakland Athletics to start 2015. He got traded halfway to the Royals, won the World Series with them. Um, so I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot he was the A's. Yeah, he was drafted 34th overall in 2013. I thought he was higher. Sent him to Oakland Benny. in the yeah to Benny. Ben to for Ben Zobrist for yep. Sorry. Yeah, so maybe I I mean Clevenger didn't pitch a single pitch, but he went to the Padres, spent a year and a half of his three years deal. I probably spent two years hurt because he got hurt mm-hmm. in the very beginning of twenty two. Um Manea wasn't the same. Who else, I mean I mean now Jose Joe Musgrove came over and was a stud an elite. And pitcher, you Darvish yeah, so. has been pretty good as well since he went over there. Um so uh I think it it's going to be ballpark, right? I mean, San Pe- Fran Petco Park. No, not oh, San yeah, Fran. Yeah. Um, San Diego. I'd, I'd say it's San a, Fran is, is too. With park. Both of them are, I think. Pitchers parks for the most part. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I think that'll be a decent signing for San Fran. Uh, Twenty-five million for two years for a lefty who could potentially be a number three, four in your rotation. That's a better average annual yeah, value. And if, he, than, and if it clicks, he's yeah, yeah, he's a strikeout machine from. Uh, so Sean Manea, so that's part of the Carlos Correa um, team deal. I'm, I wonder, maybe they're just. I don't think they would do that. Maybe that that's not why they would cancel it. Was to have Manea there too, but or Manaya, Manea, Manaya. Cancel but what? The uh, press conference, right? To oh, be like, but, oh no, I don't think but I think so. he already technically officially signed Sean Manea because I think I saw it come through on the transaction wire. Moving on from there, uh, mind blowing deal in my mind. Um, it's a historic deal. Andrew Benintendi signs a five-year, $75 million deal to go to the Chicago White Sox. And I say five years and $75 million deal uh, is historic because that is the all-time highest contract ever put out by the Chicago White Sox. That's the highest guarantee. Before that, it was Yasmani Grandel, who was, uh, I believe, four years and 73. So this is a less average annual value, but it's the highest total guarantee ever handed out by the white Sox, which is kind of embarrassing if especially the years of contention they've been trying to go for it all the last few years and they're just now putting out that kind of money and it's been they must think they see something in ben attendee um since his rookie year with the red Sox, he 
yeah, he looked like a star coming out of, coming out of Boston's farm system and never really has put it to, put it back together since his rookie season. I think what this does do is give the uh, the White Sox depth, which they really struggled with last year. You put Benintendi out in left field, so what that does is it puts Eloy out uh, of the field and into a DH role on a more consistent basis. Eloy, when Keep healthy, that guy healthy. Yeah. When healthy, he's been the best hitter on that team. He's got 40 home run power. He's got the potential to hit near 300 and drive in 100. But he hasn't put together a fully healthy season. So you put Benintendi out in left field. You've got Luis Robert out in center. I think Benintendi's Robert. also. Uh, yeah, Luis Robert, Robert, Robot. Uh, that's been a running joke on Chicago radio is how do we say Luis Robert's name? Because it changes every year how he. At Luis least it didn't Robert. go from like Mike to Giancarlo or something. <laughs> Giancarlo, <know>? yeah. Uh, <laughs> hi, I am Mike, right? It's like one of those telemarketers. My name is Mike. No, it's not. Um, but <laughs> yes, sorry, I'm Giancarlo. Uh, but so Benintendi, I think he's won a gold glove too. Uh, can you look that up while I'm talking real quick? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So you got potential for a gold glover out in center field too because Luis Robert went healthy can run it down and he can run it down with one of them. I think Luis Robert has the potential for MVP candidacy if he ever put together a fully healthy season, but he's missed most of the last two years with a hip injury, with back injuries and all along those. So it's hard to, and I think he even had a risk. He looked like such a star coming when he first made his debut. My goodness, Mm -hmm. even in in the minors. Yeah. A lot of people. I had him in fantasy and I traded him away and at a trade deadline. Well, you're looking good right now. Bryce Harper. I think I traded for Bryce Harper at the trade deadline. So not a bad deal. But I lost four years of Robert for half a season of Harper. And then I think they're probably going to go with Oscar Colas out in right field, who's going to be a rookie. Uh, But what I'm saying depth-wise is you don't have to worry about – Gavin Sheets out in the outfield as much. You don't have to have Andrew Vaughn there at all because he's going to be playing first base. Their one hole yep. is basically <clears throat> second base or third base because you still have Yohan Moncada, who's not not been the best. But if you go look at Moncada's statistics, it's every other year that he has an incredible season. So this year, as we go into 20, the odd years are good years, the even years are bad years. So we'll see if that turns around. And then you got Tim Anderson at short. Uh, and they're going to have to figure something out at that catcher position. But the White Sox, that depth is much better. They've got one of the best, if not the best, rosters in that division because the Twins are in. Eh. The Twins are good, but they're not it's, great. Yeah, it's not hard to be to be at the top one in that division. And the Indians, I think, have the upper hand because they beat the uh, the White Sox this year within the division. But also, Wait, I can't believe the White Sox didn't even make the playoffs. Right. They should have made it with that team, which just comes down to the manager. But so Ben Intendi, that's it's incredible that that is the biggest deal the White Sox have ever given out. Uh, but uh, also, they've still got the bullpen. They've got a decent rotation with Kopech, Clevenger, Cease, but it's Land, all right-handed. Leo. But it's all right-handed. That's, that's the true. only question I have on that is after there's they- been ideas floating of trading Giolito in his final year, and I've seen rumors of trading Tim Anderson mm-hmm. um, as well. Who knows I've, if they actually do that? I doubt it. I, well, I'd, I'd be, I would see Giolito move more than 
more than I would see Anderson moved. I think you get the most for Tim Anderson right now because he's probably your most <laughs> consistent and your best player on that team when it comes to leadership and when it comes to uh, he has been hurt the last couple of years at times and he got suspended uh, to miss some games. But when on the field, he's, I, I think the record was like astonishing when he's in the lineup and when he's not in the lineup. They were like under 500 and they were like 30 games over when he was in the lineup. Um, I have to look that up 100%, but I know that was a big talking point on Chicago Sports Radio the last couple of years. With him in the lineup, the team looked way different. But uh, that White Sox depth is better. I just don't know what other moves they're going to make because they were crying poor coming into this signing. Nobody saw this one coming. So for them to put $75 million out, uh, that means they're going to try to spend. Speaking of trying to spend, uh, our frustration, the two of you, the two of us, you and me, we finally finally can exhale a little bit. The Cubs signed Dansby Swanson. Already mentioned that one. A, <clears throat> to a seven-year, $177 million deal, uh, which comes out to about $25.29 million for an average annual value. This falls short of Jason Hayward's deal for the biggest in con- uh franchise history Haywards is still the biggest but this is close I think Haywards was 182 or 183 so a couple million shy of this I love this signing as a Cubs fan I know I've seen a couple people for the price yeah right um we you and I were doing this off screen uh texting back and forth with each other with some numbers it's almost identical what Dansby's numbers are and Carlos Correa's numbers are and Correa got 13 and 360. Tansby gets just about half of that. Just uh, about half. Or 350, excuse me. Um, so just about half of that Dansby gets. His average annual value is slightly lower by about a million and a half. Um, I think this is a great deal. The Cubs have a fantastic middle of the infield. This is probably top five, if not top three, middle of the infields when it comes to fielding. Because Nico's a potential gold glover. Uh, I think in 2020, he was a gold glove finalist at second base. He should have been in the considering uh, consideration uh, this past year at shortstop. But how... he, he's a he's a uh, quiet, quiet, great shortstop. Quiet, mm-hmm. very great shortstop. He hits line drives, gap to gap. I think he surprised everybody with his power and his arm. I mean, the dude was diving, diving into the hole and throwing guys out at first. So I think moving him to second base, you've got one of the best double play condo uh, condos, uh, tandems, condom combinations, yep. combos uh, in MLB right now. Top five of the thirty teams, and you may even be able to argue top three, depending on right. some other teams at second base. But uh, that's a great signing. It tells you that the Cubs are serious now, right? That was the question. Are they going to settle for Bellinger and uh, Tyone? Think about this, though. Uh, The outfield in Chicago for the Cubs, you've got Ian Happ, just won a gold glove. You've got Colby Bellinger in center field, who's won a gold glove. You've got Seiya, who's Suzuki, who was touted (laughs) as a fantastic defender. Uh, so there's three right there outfielders who could potentially save multiple runs. You've got a second baseman now – Nico Horner, who was a Gold Glove finalist two years in his rookie year uh, in 2020. He was 25. And, yeah, and uh, Dansby this Swanson. This is his first full year. Yeah, yeah and Dansby Swanson in 2020 wasn't even a full year because it was the COVID year. Uh, and right. then Dansby Swanson, who is now a fantastic shortstop up the middle, uh, 
who also whose numbers the last I thought it was only one year because I didn't do my research as well coming into the offseason. He's had back to back years. So it wasn't just his walk year. He's put together and he's healthy. He played one sixty and one sixty two the last two years with Dansby. a combination Yeah, with a combination of fifty two bombs, which averages out to twenty six home runs. You insert that into your lineup. Of course, you're not going to replace Wilson Contreras, but this is Wilson Contreras' replacement just at shortstop, not at catcher. And that's their probably biggest biggest issue depth-wise is at catcher. But overall, not a bad deal. Right. I think he's going to be a great gap-to-gap hitter at Wrigley Field. Um, he, he In his first four or five years in Atlanta, he wasn't seen as, a, as a, any kind of power threat at all. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. say he's a power threat, but he's a great – gap-to-gap guy and back-to-back years he hadn't hit more than 26 doubles for the Braves but in 2021 and 22 he hit 33 and 32 mm-hmm. and then also his home run numbers went up his RBI numbers went up yeah uh, his everything went up from those final two years maybe so. his OPS or on-base percentage dropped a little bit no, that stayed on on par. So mm-hmm. maybe he just figured things out. Guys figured things out late. Josh Donaldson figured things out late. Edwin Encarnacion figured things out late. Um, the game he's gets young. Twenty nine. <clears throat> Who's that? Swanson. Yeah, he's tw- he's going to be twenty nine. Yeah. Yeah. So twenty nine. He's still so, in his prime years, and he's evil. And you're not locked into him long term. You've got him for seven years. He'll be thirty six. A lot of these guys that are signing this year, they're going to be forty forty one by the time their contracts are done. So, uh, right, like you're not, if he's good, you're gonna pay for it really in the end. But yeah, right. but you, with these contracts, you pay for you're trying to pay for the players right. you want in the first few years, and you're willing to sacrifice in the end. Um, but the, I mean, I will say, Correa, Bogarts, and Turner do look like solid bats that would be even if they lose a step, should still be decent at the bottom of your order. Right, they're not gonna hold you you down and at that point here's my argument too for people complaining about all all this money the owners are making hand over fist it's about time the players start making hand over fist but not only that it's about time that uh in a couple of years we're going to see these salaries go even higher and higher and higher and higher so in 10 years where are these salaries going to be 20 million dollars may be a low point for most of these free agents. It's going to probably be what the lower end free agents are going to be getting because of the amount of money coming into baseball. So, right. ten years, thirteen years from now, twenty-five million is going to be nothing. I mean, look at look at the uh, the the qualifying offer. It's mm-hmm. gone up to almost twenty million now. Yeah, I mean, and I so watch to... the qualifying offer in thirteen years be thirty. So what was thirteen years ago? So two thousand and nine. Two thousand and nine. Uh, qualifying be, offer i don't they didn't have that yet because they hadn't started that part of the uh cba uh but let's see who the highest i mean players. we talked about barry bonds's contract what 20 years ago he signed six years 42 ish million 20 years ago so in 2009 the leading salaries in mlb was alex rodriguez at 33 million a year manny ramirez at 23 Derek jeter at 21 uh, those were the highest play, paid players. Carlos Zambrano was the ninth highest paid player at eighteen seven five. So, like, just think about where that would rank now. That's not even in the top probably fifty in the league. Look at Serger Verlander getting forty forty a year. Right. You know? So forty two, forty three. So 
These contracts, while they seem ridiculous in 13 years, they're not going to be ridiculous just because the amount of money coming into the game. So I think the Cubs are in a good situation with Dansby. They still need to add. I think they need a catcher. I think they need to find someone to play first base, maybe third base. Brandon Drury, as we just discussed right before the podcast, comes off the market. Uh, Him and Justin Turner both have signed. Uh, close deals. I'm surprised Turner got what he got um, at 21.7. 37, 38-year-old, yeah. 38 years old, but uh, hey, he had a hell of a second half. Two years, 21.7 is the official number. He goes to the Boston Red Sox. And Brandon Drury, two years, 17 million to L.A. Uh, and I'm sure that's just more so the track record. Turner's been doing it for five, six, seven years, while Drury's only done it for one year. Uh, he goes to the LA Angels, Brandon Drury at two seventeen. That was the that was my wish list because he's more of the Swiss yep. Army knife. Um, and if you he got him, played second. He could have played short in a in a pinch. In a pinch, even at first base, he's play, spent a lot yep. of his time at first base. So uh, if he needed him, fill in there. But those two are off the market. So pretty good deals. I think we're starting to get to bargains here on the free agency market, right? Uh, look right. at JD Martinez. I'm flabbergasted at this number. One year, $10 million to go to the L.A. Dodgers. That's a hell of a deal. Because you look at Joey Gallo, one year, $11 million. Joey Gallo had 56 freaking hits last year. Hits, folks. Hits. Not home runs. Hits. Hits. If you gave him money, if you broke it down, and you took this $11 million and you subtract or you divided by all the hits he had, that's 200000 for every hit he had last year. That's an insane amount of money. For someone who has been inconsistent, has been trash for just about two seasons. Uh, so Joey Gallo goes well, who, to Minnesota. Was Joey Gallo the deal that was? Who was it that tweeted? A formal Josh Reddick tweeted. Yeah. It was no, that was about Bellinger he, when Bellinger signed for I thought seventeen. It was, I thought it was Gallo, but you, either way, it's about but, the same yeah, thing. Either way, Josh Reddick tweeted something about. Guess I could have struck out, two, stayed in the game and struck out two hundred times or something, and batted two hundred and got and 20, made million. twenty million. Yeah. Uh, so the Dodgers also made another move for their rotation. I talked about this a couple weeks ago, or even last week. I thought that Syndergaard was going to do another one-year deal, uh, and of course he did. And he goes to the Dodgers, one year, thirteen million. Hard to um, hard to think uh, that that's a bad decision for him because being in that rotation. Uh, you're not going to be dependent on. You've got uh, how many studs? Bueller's going to be coming back at some point later in the year. You've got Kershaw. You've got Urias. You've got um, Dustin May. Dustin May. Cody Gonsolin, who had like an under two and a half ERA at times this year too. So that's and they've got. Stu- they've got I think one or two studs waiting in the wings. So there's no pressure <clears throat> there. While the team's got pressure to win, there's no pressure to be the ace in that rotation. So that should help and Noah out. How much out. did he get? Thirteen. One year, thirteen million. That's a deal. Uh, to head to L.A., um, which is just about what Manaya got for two years, but um, maybe slightly higher on the average by about a half a million, which is it's just a half and a million extra a year. Um, yeah. Uh, Mets made another move. They signed a catcher, Omar Navias, two years and $15 million. That would have been a, a name that I would have been okay with the Cubs to go after. Um, Who was he, he was with last? The Brewers, I thought. I thought he was with the Brewers. He's been all over the place. Omar Navias, he got yeah, traded. He, he was on the White Sox. The Royals. He was on the White Sox. He got traded to the um, 
Mariners for, I think, Alex Colomay back in 2019. Okay, so he spent one, two, three years with the White Sox, and he went to Seattle in 2019, and then he spent the last three with Milwaukee. Um, so he didn't, he didn't play for the Orioles, according to baseball reference. Uh, but in his career, uh, he's got uh, 51 home runs. In a seven-year career, he's batted two fifty-eight. Uh, that's not asking a whole lot from a catcher with a 728 OPS. No. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. In he's been full time two times with. Uh, I mean, we were looking at the numbers between the, just the Cubs pitching staff when Wilson was catching and Jan Gomes, and th- yeah. we're not trying to dig here at Wilson. We're just trying to say how important a good receiving catcher can mm-hmm. make, not only just behind the dish or at the plate but how much of an impact he can make on your pitchers. 100% agree. So this is a, a pretty decent deal for, I think, the Mets. He's going to be 30 years old, so it's not like he's old, right? Thirty to th- He's going to probably play. Uh, he's 30 now. He's going to play the year at 31 uh, next year, but that's not old. Another catcher who I didn't remember was in the league anymore, uh, he goes to the Pirates on a robust $5 million deal. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this is uh, him just going to try and get some value back at the. But Austin Hedges, he was like the yeah. big pro- Padres prize possession mm-hmm. ten years and ago. He just maybe. never, it just never came around. Uh, I don't know if it was even that long ago. I think it was like 2015, 2016. Uh, but it was Austin, either injury or they brought they were going for it again then mm-hmm. and brought in another stud catcher. Might have been Jan Gomes. And uh, when they brought it, they had Hedges on the wings and then. It looked like he was going to be like the backup leading into the starting next year, and they brought in a traded for, signed a really good catcher, uh, Yasmani Grandal. I think that's it was. who it was. It was Yasmani. <clears throat> that's who it was. Good call. Uh, he came from the Dodgers, but um, and just I mean that's just got to suck. And you yeah. know you wonder if some guys' careers could have been better if they were just given that opportunity to play every day. Mm-hmm. Rather than hey, you're in the wings, you're going to be our catcher of the future. Hey, you know what? We're we think we're going to go for it all this year, so we're going to bring somebody in, and you're going to play a backup role. Oh my word! I'm just looking at Austin Hedges' numbers. Holy smokes! Batted 145 in 2020, 178 in 2021, and 163 in 2022. No wonder why I didn't remember he was still in the league. Yeah. <laughs> He must be a good receiving catcher if he's making five million dollars a year because he's hitting about the same he's making. Uh, is trash. Uh, sorry, trash. <laughs> sorry, trash. Austin trash. Um, and then the last one. Hey, baby, we believe in you. Is uh, Michael Brantley a uh, one-year, twelve million dollar deal? He returns to Houston. That's an underrated signing. I love Michael Brantley. He brings a lot of leadership to that team. He, uh, on base machine. On base machine. He hits like 300 when he's in the lineup. And even when he's hurt, he still provides value to the team. So that was a, a – I thought the White Sox were going to go after him. Um, he's 35. Let's hope um, anybody else. Yeah. but Let's stop making uh, the Astros better. So the Astros get better with that one, or at least they they are better with that one with him in the lineup. I mean – Man, that's uh, I'm still sniffing this thing, and it smells fantastic. <laughs> Back to the bourbon portion. Uh, yeah, it's I, I'm on my second pour, and I'm almost gone with it. Um, so, a lot of free agency signings. I think we're past. We mentioned it last week. We had to make it till about today. 
and now things are probably going to quiet down until the end of the year. This is December 20th. Uh, we're heading right into the holiday weekend. It is Hanukkah. Uh, so for those who are Jewish, they're celebrating the holiday. They're probably not going to sign. Um, I don't know how many Jewish baseball players there are in the league, but I'm sure there's quite a few. Um, there's probably more than we know. Uh, but uh, that yeah. we're into that holiday. We're also in the Christmas season. Christmas is a season, but... Also, this is the week where it really starts to ramp up. We're a couple of days away. This is where more so family takes hold uh, rather than worrying about signing for baseball. So probably not going to see a ton of signings, maybe a few here or there. Um, but the m- major guys are gone. I had a list last two weeks of like the best guys available, uh, and there's only two or three who were even left on that list from a couple of weeks Let's ago. Say there, was, there was a tier A, B, and C um, and the A's and B's, maybe some of the B's are still, but the A's are gone for all, sure. All the B's are gone too. The C's are <laughs> the only ones that are still around. So I just basically made us a list of free agents by position. Uh, and looking at this list, you could form a team, a competitive team that would beat the Oakland Athletics, that would beat <laughs> the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> or beat the Miami Marlins. Uh, probably yeah. the Reds, to be honest. So one of the big things I noticed oh. was Eric Hosmer was DFA'd. Um, this past weekend. I don't weekend. get that one. Well, I think is he that bad? He's, he's free. He's been rough. He's been rough. He wasn't free. He's making like thirty million dollars a year. I thought the, he was free to the Red Sox. Did, the Padres were paying his salary this year for this upcoming season? I believe so. I believe it he must, was going to be fr- basically had, just league minimum. It had to be a forty-man roster issue. That's the only. Well, thing. That, that was the same time crunch that they let Jeter Downs go. The prized prospect that came over in the Mookie Betts trade hmm. that trade just looking awful more awful by by the year yep Dodgers got that one but uh so Eric Hosmer becomes available I wouldn't be opposed to the Cubs going after him on a minimum deal just because his first base skills like he's a pretty good gold feeling. glove gold glove first baseman yeah. Uh, and he's got leadership. He's been part of a World Series team. You're not asking him to be the best player on your team, right? I mean, we knew since he signed with the Padres that anybody, well, as soon as he was a free agent, he was being overvalued mm-hmm. from from what he was. And the moment he signed, I remember in my fantasy cha- fantasy talk, the moment he signed that deal, we knew it was a bad deal. I, I think everyone in the league knew it was, it was a deal, like but they felt like wasn't it? The Padres needed a first baseman. He was the top available first baseman available, and the Padres wanted to spend. Yeah. But he's won gold. He won. He was 2011. He rookied uh, third place rookie of the year in 2011. Gold Glove in 13, 14, and 15. Um, and so then three years in a row. 17, three years in a row. Missed a year. He still played a full season in 16. And then Gold Glove again, and Silver Slugger. He had a great year in 2017 with the Royals. Of course, his career yeah. year with the Royals contract year. Yeah. And since then, he hasn't won. He hasn't been an MVP candidate. He hasn't been a Silver Slugger, Gold Glove. His numbers just completely dropped as soon as he went. Now, Pepco Park is not a hitter-friendly park, no. but he hit 318, 385, 498 his final season with the Royals. And he went to 253, 322, 390. I mean, just drastic drop Yeeks. in numbers as soon as he tried signed that contract. And you used to see that a lot mm-hmm. more, I feel like. I feel like it's gotten better. But in, it used to see a lot more guys play for that contract year. You sign them, and the decline happens immediately. 
eight-year 144 as we signed for. I knew it was 140 or something there. there. So, wow. Well, he's available, so you'll get him at the minor league. Uh, not minor league, but the, the major league minimum uh, wherever he signs. Not a bad name. I mean, he's not. Here's another name. Brandon Belt. You've got Yuli Guriel. You've got mm. Miguel Sano. Uh, Drury's off the list, but Dom Smith. I, Cubs shouldn't sign him, but I wouldn't be bad about Brandon Belt. Uh, again, Belt or uh, even Mancini. Uh, they've got that uh, veteran leadership who have the pedigree of winning World Series, right? Even with Hosmer, um, middle infield. So first base, then first base. Who would you your top three that you'd want uh, in order? Probably go. Belt, Yuli Mancini, in that order. With Hosmer's Eric, not in there. With Hosmer at four, because Yuli's not. Miguel Sano. Miguel Sano on your list. He's a free agent. Mm-hmm. He's a free yeah, agent. I'd probably go Belt, Yuli Mancini as well. That's my list. I'm fine with any one like of those three. Uh, I like Mancini as a person. I don't think he's had the la- best last <laughs> year. Well, dude, the guy survived cancer, came back, and just won a World Series. So, like, kudos to you. But um, right, and he's not signing a huge deal just for that reason. Um, you've got one player at third base, worth note, and he's old. Evan Longoria, Evan Longoria. Um, Somebody on Beecher Bleacher Nation comment section was raving. We should get Longoria. I think it'd be a great. One year, $6 million, fine. But don't pay him any more than that. Again, veteran leadership, but he's never been part of a winning team. He was with the Rays when they had a decent team who made the playoffs, but uh, he's never been part of a team. Uh, I guess he was on that team that went to the World Series in, what, 09? What was it? Oh, no, 08. Was it 08 the Phillies won? Because 09 was, the, was the Yankees. Yeah, 08 Phillies and then 09 Yankees because Yankees' last World Series was 09 versus the Phillies. Um, so, middle infield is kind of barren uh, now that the four shortstops are gone. Elvis Andrews, uh, Rochelle Iglesias, Danny Mendick. Uh, now, could, could Elvis Andrews play third base, you think? I wouldn't be mad about Could. I don't think he's there. played much in his career there, though. And I don't know what you're going to pay him. Um, outfield, probably the best depth outfield-wise, obviously, of three positions. But Michael Conforto, which has been a hot name as of late. <laughs> I didn't realize Adam Duvall was still out there. Jerickson Profar. Uh, forgetting his name. Pollock, first name. Uh, AJ. AJ. Uh, I was trying. I knew it was an A. I just couldn't think of the middle name, which is J. Uh, David Peralta, who was a hot name with the uh, Diamondbacks for a while and just kind of has... Not gotten quite the uh, recognition on the free agency market. The full season. He never put a full season together. He was always hot for like the first five months, and then something would he just would always fall off. And then you're he was always it, a great pickup. Yeah. And then you're getting into depth, which is Tommy Slap. I'm sorry. It's Tommy Pham. Uh, Robbie Grossman. <laughs> I don't want that guy. I don't want Tommy Pham no, anywhere near no. our clubhouse. And then Tyler Naquin, Will Myers, Lorenzo Kane would be an interesting name for some of those veteran needed teams, right? Him being yep. not a player who's going to play he, all the time. Leadership but, guy. He uh, slap. He slaps the ball good. Uh, Kevin Pillar. If you're looking for defense, Adam Engel or Jackie Bradley Jr., who's been in abomination the last couple of years. Catchers. Right, who's your top three there in outfield? 
Probably going Conforto, Profar, and Pollock. That's my go. Like, for, I feel like Paul, if Pollock could stay healthy, even, I mean, that's he just the cannot issue. stay healthy. That's the issue. He opted I'm, out of $13 million to play with the White Sox this year. He had a $13 million contract option. So he's obviously thinking he's going to get more than that. I, Conforto, I remember him as much because in 2014, that's who the Cubs were linked to the most in the draft. Mm-hmm. The Cubs are going to take Conforto at four, and they reached and got their boy, uh, and my boy, Schwaba, um, at four. And I love, I love that pick ever since. But anyways, Conforto, I never really saw it. I guess he, he was a good average guy. I, I, I don't know that he's my number one um, health-wise because he didn't play for last year. So him and Pollock are right there of who I'd want health-wise. I think Conforto could get you could be sneaky deal if you get him on the cheap, but it doesn't sound like he will. Um, well, I, I think he's probably going to sign a one-year deal. In my mind, he signs a one-year deal or a two-year deal with one of those as an opt-out year just to try right. to get himself back on the market. His last year with the Mets, he played in 125 games, and he hit 232 with 14 home runs. But in 2020... He played almost the full season. Remember that it was a shortened season because of COVID. He hit 322 with nine bombs. That's obviously the outlier year. That's MVP candidate right there. Right, but he hit 257 in 2019 uh, with 33 home runs. So that's not. Oh wow! Yeah, and he had 28. So in let's go through 17, 27, 2018. He hit 28. 2019 he hit 33. So. And then he hit nine in 2020, if you factor that out. So real power three, 27, threat. Power threat. And then he hurt his shoulder on a swing. I think he dislocated it on a swing in 2021, and that was the issue. And I think that's what he had surgery to fix this off this past year, which is why he yeah. didn't play. He's got an OPS career plus of uh, an OPS plus of 124. So he's 24% better than the average player. Yeah, so I, I think him and him and Pollock are right there. If they can put healthy seasons together, they'd be my number one of that selection. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think Profar is a sneaky good pick. He can play all over the field. He's a Ben Zobrist. He was a number one overall prospect, number, number one overall rated overall. when he was with the Rangers. Yep. So he's got that pedigree. Uh, he played pretty well with the Padres. Not amazing, but I think he was with Oakland for a short amount of time as well uh, a couple of years back. But – uh, that's what you're looking at in the outfield. Middle infield is kind of barren, as I mentioned. Andrews Iglesias, we already went over a couple of those names. Um, catcher, uh, which is a need for our Cubs, but there's not a whole lot out there. Gary Sanchez, who is a former MVP, oh, not MVP, but uh, all-star, I believe. Um, Tucker yeah. Barnhart is an interesting name, and so is Alfaro and then Roberto Perez. Those are really the only four catchers worth their salt on the market that are going to be. I don't want anything to do with Gary Sanchez. I think he's too much. He was such a power threat early in his season, early in his career, and now I think he's just a mess at the at the plate. I don't know that he's even a defensive upgrade. Is he a good defensive mm-hmm. catcher? I thought I thought mostly his value comes from the bat. Right, and I think that's why if I were a team looking for a catcher i'm going with tucker barnhart who's yep. not going to be your everyday catcher but he can he can he's that guy that wilson wasn't with the pitching staff pitchers love to throw to tucker uh in his career he's hit uh 245 which isn't awful to be honest 
you could ask a whole power wise it's not there but you're not asking for a whole lot out of your catcher especially he's going to split time with gomes if that's how they decide to go he's got he had one home run last year he had seven the year before with cincinnati and then in 2020 hit five um He's not going to be an all-star there, but he's got a gold glove twice with the Reds in 17 and in 2020. So he can handle the pitching staff. He can field his position. That's a low-key pickup, and I believe, did he get DFA'd by the... Uh, was he with the Reds last? Or was he with last? No, he was with the Tigers. I know he got traded from the Reds to the Tigers um, before this past Oof. year. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Part of that whole exodus with the Reds earlier into the year. Um, but that's a name. And then we move to the pitchers. You've got – there's not a ton of high-end pitching talent uh, outside of relieving. Um, your top but stone. there's a rotation there. There's a rotation. I wouldn't say there's a an number old, one. It's an old rotation, though. <laughs> it's an old rotation. <laughs> like, really, the only – the pitcher that actually intrigues me the most is Dylan Bundy. Yes, I now I saw that on your list here too. Is he a lefty too? No, he's a right-hander. He's a righty. Um, but he was a power pitcher with him and Gosman. Remember, they were supposed to be these two studs that came up with the Orioles. They were top ten, top twenty prospects, and they just phased studs. and fizzled um, as they came up. Just like the, every Orioles pitcher has done. Yeah, Jake Arrieta. So, mm-hmm. So it was. Is it something where you need to give me? I think he had a pretty good year with Austin with the Angels, uh, or no? That's who just had him. Uh, he feel like he, you know, he can't stay healthy as well. Dylan right. Brady can't stay healthy as well. He didn't play with the Twins this year. And that's what the team he was with. Or, or let's see, uh, he pitched 140 innings with the Twins at a 4.89 ERA. 2020 with the Angels, he had a 3.29 ERA. He's got a career 4.74. Uh, he's not a bad flyer arm. Not a no, bad flyer. I'd, I'd I'd be great to. I'd, I'd, if the I don't think the Cubs have any more room in rotation options unless they wanted to make a deal and p- trade some of that depth away, which they could easily do. Uh, but I think he's a great flyer for any team that needs another pitcher. He'd easily. I mean, at worst, he's a number five. Mm-hmm. He's a he he is a strikeout pitcher, I believe. At least he was earlier in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, at least a K per inning. That's that I think anything over that qualifies you as a strikeout pitcher. Um, but looking at his numbers with Minnesota this past year, he was not a strikeout pitcher. No, ninety four strikeouts and one hundred and forty innings. I think that's where he lost it this year because I believe before then he was mowing people a K down. Per inning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you have to wonder, was he hurt? Um, so as I mentioned, old starting pitchers, Nathan Avaldi, okay, back into the rotation guy, Corey Kluber. He old. felt like he's always felt like more of like of a thrower mm-hmm. than a pitcher, Avaldi. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox gave him that extension after he won them the World Series that one year, the one year because he just yeah. came out and pitched nine innings, nine innings from nine Tampa. Innings. Yeah. Um, Rich Hill, old. Zach Greinke, old. Mike Miner, eh. Drew Smiley. I'm I'm okay if the Cubs were to bring him back. Um, Michael no, Waka. They did. they did. They did bring they bring, yeah they brought Smiley back uh, yesterday. Oh, I did not or see the day that. Before. Well. Yeah. 
It was a very quiet signing. It wasn't announced like, hey, here's his, how, how many dollars it is. But Smiley's back with the Cubs. Okay. In, in <clears throat> 2023. And that was the talk during the offseason is that he was hoping to come. Or like at the end of the season. He wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, he, he was seven and eight with a three four seven ERA in the la- no, in five starts in August. Back. He had a nine a point nine ERA. So, uh, yeah, um, it's not. I think a, he was a prospect with the, the Rays coming up. Was it the, the Tigers? Tigers? Well, in twenty ten, he got drafted by the Tigers. I think he was part of that trade. Um, let's look, Drew Smiley. Um, yeah, he was drafted second round in 2010 by the Detroit Tigers. He had a two war and 22 games started for the Cubs in 2022. And yeah, he came up with the, with Detroit, was traded in 2014 at the tr- trade deadline for David Price. And Willie Adams. To the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, get that name. Hey, that was a, yeah, that was a pretty good deal for, yeah, uh, for the Rays. Because Price only pitched for the Tigers for the rest of that season, and I think he signed with the Red Sox after that, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So Red Sox paid. Mm-hmm. That's when the Red Sox went on their spending spree, right? Mm-hmm. With him and Carlos, uh, not, uh, Carl Crawford, right? Carl Crawford. That was not the same. Was that the no, same? No, no. Carl Crawford then? was with um, Theo. Carl Crawford was a Theo pay. Uh, was that a Pablo and Hanley Ramirez offseason as well? It may have been. That could have been that year, but uh, it was they. They the Red Sox went out, so it spent stupid money that offseason. Right. right. Red Sox, man. They they don't spend as much the as they Reds, do. They they. I have a, I have a Red Sox friend, and he is just thinking that the Red Sox ownership is too focused on saving money. So that they can buy a football team. They already they have one. Buy other stuff. I thought they already had a. They're not. Team. Yeah, they're not focused on the baseball team. So the, the, he is just so scared that he's he you know that Devers is going to get re-signed, and now all of a sudden I think reports came out today or yesterday that they are quote galaxies apart. <laughs> the Red Sox and Devers, and so immediately the Cubs, who have a whole third base. Say, hey, throw throw the world at him for Devers now to get him um, to in, see what the, the Cubs is like. Yep, in the building. Yeah, so Fenway Sports Group is the uh, the group that owns the Red Sox technically with John Henry as the leader of that, but uh, Tom Werner's part of it. They own Liverpool and also the Pittsburgh Penguins. So more of a business opportunity than a, uh, a baseball owner. Uh, as far yeah. as relieving, that's about it. You've got Craig Kimbrell, Aroldis Chapman, Taylor Rogers. Uh, those are really your three. The name that intrigues me the most, Michael Fulmer uh, on the back end. And then Matt Moore, who was shifted to the bullpen the last two years. Uh, Fulmer as well. Yeah. Uh, Michael Fulmer uh, with the Tigers, he was a stud, and then he got hurt. Uh, he was yep. like he, he was had, top he of the rotation. A, yep. So, yeah, those are those are pretty much the guys to look out for here to sign over the next couple of weeks. I think a lot of that's not. I'm gonna very curious to see where Chapman ends up. Rolls Chapman after being the flamethrower, mm-hmm. and now he's not the only flamethrower. And uh, well, being on the now he's had some off season, yeah. yeah, some off field issues. 
Um, but yeah, so Michael Fulmer, 2016, Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. Cy, he was Rookie of the Year, and Cy Young, he won 10th place. He was 11-7, and 7, 159 innings, 132 strikeouts. He did 2017, he was an All-Star, and then he fell off. Mm-hmm. 2018, he was 3-12. 2019, he didn't play and hasn't won more than five games since. Yeah. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, so that's about it. That's about what we have left here on the market. There's not a ton of big names, as Michael has mentioned. You can fill the, fill the team with the with the free agents, and um, I think you would win some games, obviously, because it's baseball. But uh, there's, no, there's no game changer. There's no impact free agent left in my mind. Um, it's just depth from here on out. Any other yep. thoughts on the baseball side of things? No, I'm I'm happy to see that the the players are signing. Last year, we were, last few years, I think even in 2018, we were waiting till February for guys to sign. Yeah, it was. Hey, spring training starts next week. Where are you guys gonna go? Florida or Arizona? Yeah. So well, they I'm, remember they were thinking about making like teams for spring training that were yes. free agents. So a free agent team. Yeah. So I think that's 2019. I think that was 2019 that that started with Machado and Harper because uh, Jake Arrieta was part of that as well. So um, Three years, Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what's going on in the baseball world. Uh, what should you look out for here in the next couple of weeks? Of course, I just sent Mikey a brand new care package full of bourbon samples and whiskey samples so you can expect oh, it, was, it was a great care package yeah so you're gonna hear of course about, i have to drink them with you i can't drink them on my own that's right know? yeah you have to you have to that's part of the deal here pal we are partners in crime um but expect some more bourbon and whiskey reviews if you haven't heard the latest one already that is middle west spirits uh the sherry cask finish part of their uh cask finished series um uh, go check that out. Also, Hard Truth. Big shout out to them. I just grabbed another bottle of Hard Truth the other day from Malloy's Liquors. Uh, they did a store pick of their Mash Bill 2, which was fantastic. Um, so I'll probably get you a sample there. Shout out Malloy's Liquors. Good stuff there. They're out in the uh, Glen Ellen, Illinois. So if you're ever in the uh, Western Burbs of Chicago, go stop in and grab yourself a store pick. I almost, I was this close to buying a maker's pick from them, which was fantastic as well. Shout out to Steve, Lynn, and Jamie, uh, who had a big hand in all of that. It was between the hard truth and the maker's having this already i was like i gotta go with the hard truth because it the pick they both were bomb i don't i don't know like if if i could have spent 160 did you get to sample them there i sampled both of those i sampled a pin hook and i, was, I love that when a store does mm-hmm. that and has samples out to, to get you to be able to taste before you buy it love yeah, that yeah and i got to meet steve i've talked to steve <clears> multiple times he actually was the manager for my cousin who owned or not owned he uh, managed one of the liquor stores that they own but uh yeah big shout out to uh malloy's liquors for that uh i'll send you a sample at some point michael but um look out for a lot more bourbon reviews here in the next couple of weeks we've got a, a lot on our list to get through um so bear with us and a shout out to daniel he finally has your sample so we will do Let's do yes. that next time. Let's do that next time. The blind review from mm-hmm. Bourbon Hunt uh, next week in our... Yeah, once I have my full uh, senses. Yeah. That'd be perfect. We'll I got to get all the notes out of something blind. I got to <laughs> put it to the test. 
And then uh, more free agency news. There's not going to be a whole lot that's going to be of note but because uh, most of the top 30 are gone and on to their next team. But uh, keep an eye out for that. We'll have more breakdowns of that with our next baseball portion of the podcast. And, yeah, uh, baseball-wise, we are 100 days from opening day already. 100 one, okay. today. Today. From opening day. 100 days. Still we are like a bib away. Time. We are a bottle and bond away. We are a bottle and bond. We are an old Fitz proof away. Um, but uh, <laughs> and everyone say say good luck to Brandon as he goes and decides if he does go get in line tomorrow morning. It's eleven fifteen my time. I do not think I'm doing that at four a.m. tomorrow, but <laughs> we'll see. Um, so that's what you can look out for. We're also we've been promising it for a while, but you'll get to know us here at some point. We'll do that. We've got a probably a bourbon 101 um podcast on the way at some point here soon but it is late let's get you to bed here michael let's get myself to bed you can find us uh on instagram at barrels and barrels pod uh michael what's your handle if they're not watching on youtube you can find me at bnb that's like barrels and barrels bnb underscore burns and you can find me whiskey underscore weather as i mentioned already at barrels and barrels pod on instagram you just search the same thing on facebook and you'll find us there also on youtube twitter at barrels and barrels email barrels and barrels at gmail.com we are on spotify apple google iHeartRadio, and now on amazon please rate us review us leave us an open and honest review that's all we ask for we want you to tell us what we're doing that you like what you were doing that you don't like uh we'll try to change it shout out to germany uh and to everyone else who listens here to barrels and barrels of bourbon and baseball podcast this has been a long drawn out episode 13 we thank you for staying with us uh and if you are still with us send us an email i'll get you a sticker in the mail and uh we'll go on our merry way any final words michael burns no cheers to the first all-star from my books and uh your second all-star yeah, go get yourself some Maker's Mark BRT-02, limited edition, limited release, 2022. That's been it for episode 13 of Barrels and Barrels, the Bourbon and Baseball podcast. Hope you have a Merry Christmas because this is our last one until Christmas. So cheers to you. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Let's go. Let's go.